0: I'm lost in the I was trying to sing it. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the 10th anniversary my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy all-time podcast episode. It's big. It's big. I mean, 10 years since this album came out, there's no reason not to highlight it, not to do something for it.
0: It's crazy because a lot of people that don't listen to hip-hop love this album. Yeah. And I think it's a good way for us to just really focus on this incredible body of work.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean... It's Kanye West's fifth studio album, cited by most of his fans, by as his magnum opus. It's his best album to a lot of people. Uh, it was released on November twenty second, twenty ten. So Monday is going to mark ten years of that. Uh, it was met with widespread critical acclaim right as the, right as it was released, and it was pretty much an instant classic right when this album came out.
0: I remember people freaking the fuck out. I was we were working at HMV. You were yeah. working at. Not th- with you. Not with me. No. I remember putting this on the shelf, and I remember people coming in and filming themselves buying it. Mm. And I remember people buying two, three copies of the album.
1: The 10th anniversary is actually on Sunday.
0: Oh, really? November
1: 22nd. So my bad on that, this coming Sunday is the 10th anniversary.
0: On Football Sunday. But
1: Apologies for the mistake there. Uh, I got the launch date right. That's what matters. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's his fifth studio album. There was a, there was a big hype for this album when as it was coming up. Uh, let's do a quick Kanye history up until My Beautiful Doctors Twisted Fantasy.
0: So call his drop
1: Yeah, debut album, much awaited after his his praised production catalog.
0: Yeah, what he did for Jay-Z. Yeah. Signing to Rockefeller Records. Yeah. Uh, production for Freeway, production for Beanie Siegel, production for Cameron. Dipset, all that stuff. He was he was huge in the production. He was huge for that production, like Heatmakers. He was huge for those soul singing samples.
1: Yeah. Um, this was pretty much him showcasing his best, probably material to that date. Yeah. But with him on vocals, as a we rapper. Had, yeah, we had heard him. We had heard him a bit on Blueprint for the first time on uh, Never Change. Yep. That was kind of his debut vocal appearance. And did he do features before he did? Well, he had mixtapes, right?
0: Yeah, there's mixtapes, but nobody was really paying attention to what he was doing except for his production value. Yeah. Uh, I don't think people were paying attention to him as a rapper up until Jesus Walks or Through the Wire. Sorry, I'm mistaking. It's Through the Wire because that was the first single. Yeah. So... And people will look at him as a loudmouth already, so imagine.
1: He was a big presence in the studio. He's been noted as being like a very...
0: Loud. B- yeah, big uh, personality.
1: He takes up a lot of space in the room.
0: Yeah, I remember Jay-Z saying that he jumped on a table. Chappelle. Chappelle. Yeah. Said that he jumped on a table and started rapping.
1: Over one over the Lucifer beat, could it be?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, which is crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Black Album era. Yeah,
0: he had. It wasn't
1: to- but wait. What? No, that was after College Dropout.
0: But... I remember Dame Dash and Jay Z stating that during the Blueprint sessions, yeah, he would just rap. He was confident. Yes,
1: very confident. Cameron um,
0: said the same thing. Yeah, uh, just rapping. Don't forget, he was on Purple Haze. Yeah. So like. What year was Purple Haze? Two thousand four.
1: Okay, so around the same area.
0: Yeah, so he was again. He was the loudmouth. He wanted to be known.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, so College Dropout was, uh, was a pretty big deal instantly. Uh, his second album, Late Registration, followed in 2006.
0: I think it was five. Two
1: 2005. I should have got the years ready because I know I, I didn't think of doing it because it's no, not but... the albums we're talking about. But Late Registration, uh, he cleaned house at the Grammys
0: yep. and still wasn't happy enough. I'm surprised he cleaned house more on Late Registration than College Dropout, but again...
1: It took a minute to get recognized. The Grammys uh, pay you back once you're recognized, right? But
0: Jesus Walks was a huge, huge track.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know if it was necessarily n- if it was uh, if it was um, nominated at the Grammys.
0: No, it might have not have been.
1: But yeah, late registration was a big deal. There was big hits, Touch the Sky, Gold Digger were among them. Heard him say with Adam Levine, Levine, whatever that is, um, Lupe Fiasco featuring on there as Touch well. Touch the Sky, yeah, that put him to the spotlight. Um, and then in 2007, instead of doing good ass job, Kanye does graduation, mm-hmm. kind of closing off that trilogy of albums, probably his most, well, by then his most pop album to date, Big Hit and Stronger, Great Song, Can't Tell Me Nothing. Um,
0: song with uh, T-Pain. Yeah,
1: he started, he worked less with rappers on that album. Yeah. And when he did have rappers, like, well, you know, the exception was Wayne.
0: And Most Def.
1: But Most Def didn't rap on it. Yeah. so there was that uh he produced that whole album even dj Premier scratches on it but is not producing mm-hmm. the song so he put his production again before everything after graduation i think his mom passed donda yeah and he had a breakup yep which kind of sp- sent him downhill uh his fi- his ex-fiance uh I think left him because he was getting too, Alexis Pfeiffer was getting, he was getting too, uh, too much of an ego, right?
0: Which you already had,
1: which you already had to begin with. And then we got 808s and Heartbreak, the big breakup album, shift and again, shift in sounds.
0: And that's where he lost me.
1: So the first two albums were pretty much that production he'd been doing for Jay-Z guys like that beforehand. Graduation was more of a pop album of sorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: some sorts. I think between late and graduation were the two poppy. Yeah. They had deep cuts.
1: Yeah. But then you went full on pop. Yeah. With eight and heartbreak. It was a lot of like lo fi beats. Maybe not lo fi is not the very right way to, but they were they were slower. They were more dramatic. They were more orchestrated even in some in some instances.
0: As an adult right now I think that album title, 808s and Heartbreak, to me Resignates so much more because of the What he used to create that album The
1: 808 drum Right my, That was the, my, I figured at the point at that time too
0: Yeah but I know what that was And just that uh, to call your album And have What you used to produce it And what what you're going through You know what I mean Yeah Heartbreak and you're using an 808 Yeah To make your album it, I just yeah. find it
1: It's a good album title
0: Right uh, But that's where he lost me yeah? Yeah, that's where I was lost.
1: Um, after the 808s and Heartbreak release, um, we knew he was going to put out more music at some point. We didn't know what to expect because now he shifted on us twice, once with Graduation, once with 808s and Heartbreak. But um, his fifth album comes out in October, uh, November of, uh, of 2010, but it followed a series of... Very controversial events in West career, mm-hmm. uh, most notably Taylor Swift's uh, acceptance speech at the MTV VMAs the year prior. Mm-hmm. He interrupted and <laughs> gave his piece. Uh, following that, he had a scheduled uh, he had a scheduled tour with Lady Gaga, Fame Kills, in support of 808s and Heartbreak, and that was canceled uh, with no official uh, reason being made public. People speculated it was poor sales after the Taylor Swift incident. And it was later revealed by Gaga's choreographer that the artist had creative differences. The tour wasn't going to work out. But Kanye went ahead and said Gaga was entirely responsible for canceling the tour because of the Swift incident.
0: Um, Was it really that bad? Because I watched it live. The Taylor
1: Swift incident? Yeah. Was it really that bad? It's, It's still extremely impolite. I don't think, I mean, you don't do that.
0: No, you don't do that, but it's not the fucking... He didn't go up there and call her the C word or the B word or throw something at her.
1: He, no, he didn't do that. Right? I he mean, just
0: said that Beyonce had the best video of the year.
1: Yeah, sure. And people ba- and some people even had the nerve to back him up on that. I understood what he meant by that. But I mean, do you really do that to a young artist? Like, What would you say if a podcaster came up because we won an award and said, Mark Maron has the best podcast of all time?
0: I'd be we like <laughs> we you know,
1: what do you want to do? Yeah.
0: You know? I would say, yeah, I would. Yeah, it can come off as rude. I think
1: it's extremely rude. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so so he didn't schedule a tour after that tour got called off. He decided to take a break. His old friend Most Def told him he should leave the country for a while.
0: I I thought that was interesting that he told him that, and it came from a guy like Most Def.
1: Yeah, well, somebody like Most Def who kind of isolates on his own as well. Um, get away
0: from paparazzi. Get away from what's going on around you. Get away from the world because you're, the the limelight is on you right now.
1: That's it. You got to kind yeah. So he kind of took that advice and and I think that was best for him. Mm-hmm. Um, on July twenty fourth, I mean, we kind of knew that he had then moved to Hawaii. He had been working uh, on his album very privately. We didn't know much else. He was just working on music privately. We didn't know what else was going on with Kanye.
0: I like that. It's interesting.
1: And on his time away from music, having taken time in Japan, having moved to Rome for a while, he took a deeper dive into fashion. That played like a big, a big part in like his future fashion uh, endeavors. How could I call them? Yeah, which to me are not very important, but very important in the Kanye history.
0: Well, yeah, because starting from college dropout into a the weights, yeah, he was he's known for the way he dressed.
1: That's it. And he dabbled very much with the idea of not making music anymore. No, exactly. So then he hits Hawaii. Then he decided I'm gonna isolate in Hawaii with very exclusive people, work on an album privately. There was apparently dress codes for this
0: They were all in suits in the studio. Yeah. So
1: th- some pictures show that they weren't, but for the most part they were in
0: suits. They were they were always together. The people that were in studio yeah. would, would w- eat together, yeah. work out together, yeah. play sports together. Yeah. We're not allowed phones in the studio. Mm-hmm. We're not allowed anything that had to do with not making or concentrating on that album.
1: Yeah. The way Rizzo tells, tells, tells it in, in an interview is the team would all have breakfast together. They'd break, they, they'd break down what they did yesterday. they talk about what they could improve on today, right? Everyone was on the same page when they got So
0: interesting. So fucking it's interesting. It's crazy interesting.
1: When you look at the impact that this album had and the work behind it, how much plotting went into it, you mentioned that the collaborators on this album were very close, that everyone like, was carefully chosen and needed to be people he knew how to work with mm-hmm. that, li- that he liked working with. There's one name that comes up a lot on this podcast, thanks to me, that worked a lot on this album, Justin Vernon from Bon Iver who he met through a phone call. He had a phone. He didn't meet him in person. He had a phone call with him, told him his his passion or how much he loved the debut album for Emma Forever Ago. And they got to talking. He told him he was going to use some of his samples. And that turned into him flying him in to do the stuff in the studio. So that was the only apparently exception to somebody he didn't know that he wanted to work with that bad. Wow. So that's kind of, I think that's really cool. They ended up working together a lot from there on, on Watch the Throne, on Yeezus.
0: You said something super key. Yeah. Flew him in. People were in the studio making the album. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I'm going to send you this th- this beat, send me back your verse. Right. People were working together in a studio in Hawaii. That's it. They were spending the whole goddamn day together, the week, the month, whatever. They. You felt it. You were living the album. You were... In the album. It's like basically a whole... Like back what they were doing back in the day for music. That's it. You know what I mean? And it was- everyone
1: who left the studio left with an idea of shit. Like this is how... they It felt... It, 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 there was a sense of you were part of something. Yeah. When you flew in and did what you had to do for the album. It was amazing. On July 24, 2010, a video was put up on West Twitter titled My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy Trailer. Hmm. On July 28, 2010... Kanye confirmed the album will no longer be titled Good Ass Job as it was speculated to have been titled by him, by guys like Kid Cudi. People backed up that this album was going to be called Good Ass Job. July 28, 2010, Kanye shuts that down. It's not going to be called Good Ass Job, right? Mm-hmm. So um, a little bit prior to this happening, the power single is released.
0: And I remember that on MTV,
1: it was a big deal because it was a return to form for Kanye. He went
0: back to hip hop. Did you see? Do you remember watching the video and how it was being played? Yeah, you didn't watch. You didn't get the full video. No, on, it was you, snippets. And that was fucking cool because it was. Yeah, it it, it was it from the, was it close up or was it from. Far and then you got closer to him.
1: I think you were zooming in.
0: You were zooming in, and I, and I remember not being a Kanye fan at that point because of a the waits and seeing that on MTV, and that's when I was like, "Oh fuck, he's rapping again." Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember exactly where I was, but that th- that was fucking cool to see, and that drove me in.
1: Yeah, so that single released on uh, May twenty eighth of twenty ten. So before he came, before he changed the album name. Or before, rather, he cancelled the album name from, from Good Ass Job. Um, a lot of music was being made while in the studio. Uh, like we said, a lot of people flying in and out. Uh, you get producers that, are, are f- that didn't even work on this album, guys like Q-Tip that worked with him or that, ex- that were there for a part of the recording saying that he did so many different versions of songs for this album. Um, at some point, there's so much content to manage, and Kanye says we're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna do something for the fans. We're gonna put out new music every Fridays, every Friday. So on August 20th of 2010, the Good Friday releases begin. Um, this was a series of releases that were gonna come out every Friday leading up to the album, and into the end of 2010. The first release of the Good Friday series on August 20th of 2010 was the Power Remix featuring Jay-Z and Swiss Beats. Nothing to say?
0: No, no. I, I, I thought you were going through the checklist. Fair enough. The second <laughs>
1: release of the Good Friday series on August 27th of tw- uh, 2010 was Monster featuring Ross, Jay-Z, Nicki Minaj and Justin Vernon instantly people freaked out this is we've only got one single off the album and he's already putting out this good of a song so
0: I just remember those there was a website that I would go on and they would post them every Friday yeah and it was just the title of the song in big bold letters with the featurings.
1: yeah third track Runaway Love, remix. So uh, very important to say the Monster song. It was pulled down from the Good Friday series because
0: super quick too. No,
1: well it hit Billboard. It 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 it. He switched, he switched the idea and turned it into an official single for the album. Which yeah. was a good move because people were buying into that. Nicki Minaj wasn't releasing albums yet. She came out with, we call it a verse, but it's a chopped.
0: Crazy how he did that, huh?
1: It's a chopped verse of different takes that she did.
0: Yeah, because of the, the, the sound. She was it. making he like a grunting her, noise.
1: He wanted those loud, he wanted her in your face, so if she was loud on this bar in this take, and, and, and then she got quiet while she was loud on the other bar, he merged, he cut he cut the bars up and put them the way he wanted them to sound.
0: Super important to add this. I know she was part of Young Money, Yeah. Drake, Lil Wayne, but he made her as big as she is.
1: Monster is a, a career-defining verse. Absolutely. It was
0: the best verse on that song?
1: It was the best verse on that song. One of the best verses on the album, too, I'd say.
0: Yeah, and she just kept going and going and going, and I think it was it was great for her career to have that on a Kanye West album. Right. Also, probably Jay-Z's worst verse. We're going to get to the track list yeah. later,
1: though, because uh, we're going to break down the album. So we're just leading up. The album's not out yet. It's not. Uh, August 30th, 2010... Which was a Monday, not a Friday, so <laughs> already starts messing with uh, his rules. "Runaway Love" Justin Bieber remix featuring Kanye and Rayquan.
0: <laughs> I remember that song.
1: Over Wu Tang, Kanye, nothing to fuck with. Beat. <laughs>
0: um, that was cool. I like that one. Yeah, I remember when that came out. I was just like, Is "Really, Rayquan? For real? What are you doing?" It's- but then. Then I was starting to believe something.
1: Then the third, the fourth release, "Devil in a New Dress" shortened version featuring her cross, would later appear on the album.
0: Yeah, because he wasn't on the Good Friday version.
1: I don't think he was no.
0: Because no, I remember seeing there's no featuring on. No,
1: that's that. it. It ended up being he ended up being on the album with a guitar solo from uh, producer Mike Dean. Mm-hmm. Then there was a Good Friday song. Which featured Common, Pusha T, Kid Cudi, Big Sean, Charlie Wilson, and people were getting excited now because these were all guys that were gonna that were signed to Good Music. They were working
0: together. Good Music was supposed to be his rebirth.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when he when he started Good, yeah, Lord, Lord, Lord. The week after September seventeenth, Mos Def, Swiss Beats, Raekwon, Charlie Wilson. Uh, this also was the announcement that Most Deaf was signed to Good Music.
0: Yeah, did that happen? <sighs> no.
1: Yeah, September twenty fourth. So appalled. Another song that ended up becoming part of the album. People really liked this track. as like a Good Friday track. It got squeezed onto the album. It was unmastered for the Good Friday. Yeah.
0: October first.
1: Christian Dior denim flow. Kid Cudi pusha T, John Lennon. Lloyd ba- John Lennon. John Legend, Lloyd Banks and R- Ryan Leslie.
0: Lloyd Banks.
1: Yeah. Uh, he was supposed to put a hold on Good Friday releases but he did it anyway. He re-released it with the verse from uh, Ryan Leslie. One of the underrated songs and one of the songs he was performing a cappella on the on the tour on that little mini promotion thing that he was doing in uh, Designer Headquarters.
0: Didn't he do one at Apple? I
1: think he did one at Apple. Jumped he did on the one table. Prada, it's gonna be. He Could did some. He did it in. Well, he did this one at Dior, no? Yeah. So, yeah, and now, uh, what ends up happening is. Uh, so we jumped. We jumped a bit too ahead with the releases, but he performed "Runaway" on September 12th at the at the VMAs. They welcomed him back following what happened with Taylor Swift the year after. So on September 12th, he performed. Uh, runaway at the vmas on october 4th he performed it on snl and october 5th he made it official that the album was going to be called my beautiful dark twisted fantasy so now we have the album title it's what everyone was speculating after the trailer and right after that runaway is released as a second single for the album
0: you got power and you got runaway
1: Runaway's performance has made a bit of noise at the VMAs. It was different again. Yep. It still sounded a bit like 808s, but we heard power as the first single and we were like, he's mixing it up. The sounds are different.
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: it's still very inspired by 808s, but it's a step away from it's a more mature 808s, let's yeah. say.
0: Did you watch the VMAs?
1: Do I watch the VMAs? Did you watch the VMAs one I that think came I out? watched it for that performance. Okay. That performance was pretty great. Yep. But do I like the VMAs? Like, am I no, a I fan of the VMAs?
0: Yeah, no. About, the VMAs was huge nah. in the, the early 2010s to break out songs. Yeah. Performance wise.
1: Yeah, it went downhill.
0: Right after, yeah. It went downhill. It doesn't, those things don't exist anymore. It's, it's It's useless now. But like Kanye broke songs. At the VMAs. Yeah. And that's a huge one that he did. Have you, If you've ever noticed, Kanye always plays a song at the VMAs, and that song explodes after. Mm-hmm. He always picks the VMAs to use a certain release of a song. Yeah. And the performance always makes it top of the Take next or level. Whatever, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Uh, artwork came out for the album after that. So the artwork for the album was designed by George Condo a contemporary visual artist based in New York City. He created somewhere up to nine pieces that were inspired by the album's themes. And then a handful of those were selected to be used throughout the album's uh, marketing campaign. Five of them were included in the gatefold of the LP and deluxe CD version of the uh, album. But the album's primary artwork, as Kondo put it, was for it to be controversial, And Kanye wanted the album cover to be banned. Yeah. Um, A publicity stunt of sorts, which turned out to be successful for him. Everyone knows the original cover. It's an illustration of Kanye sitting on a couch with an armless winged phoenix with a tail sitting on top of him, both naked. Many music retailers in the U.S. refuse to carry that product with such artwork. Walmart was particularly targeted by Kanye as a source for banning the artwork amongst all the music retailers. But Walmart declined having ever been presented it. So he called Walmart out for having banned it and Walmart had never even seen it. Well,
0: Walmart is one of the main people that ban albums entirely or because the cover art.
1: Yeah. So because of this, all versions of the album were and are still actually presented on shelves with the ballerina artwork so it's the ballerina in a black tutu holding the wine glass you have the green bra- uh, the green background which was originally intended as a runaway single artwork exclusively so that's one of the prints you get you also get the original print you get the power print where the head is uh, decapitated on a slab.
0: my favorite one
1: with the sword through the head that one's great there's a couple of close-up portraits of Kanye as well with the disfigured the eyes and yeah, teeth at different Yeah, that's that's my
0: those are my second favorite.
1: So the 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 artwork for this was very great, iconic artwork. Something that for me, the, the 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 classic original cover for me, it marks like my generation of music. That's what I think of when I see that artwork.
0: What's the beginning of taking off in art and inspiring in music as well. Yeah. There's like, I don't see anything before that that has art included in music where people look at the artwork and are like, wow. Mm -hmm. The 2010s really broke that in.
1: So then up until the album releases, we got a couple more Good Friday songs to talk about if you want. Don't Stop, which was a Child Rebel Soldier song uh, on October 8th. October 15, Take One for the Team, Kerry Hilson, Pusha T, of the Prince. 22nd, Don't Look Down, Most definitely baby Fiasco, and Big Sean, which was produced by Swiss Beats and the Individuals. The Joy, October 29th, which uh, ended up being on Watch the Throne, Pete Rockbeat. Bonus track on Watch the Throne. Yep. November 5th, Looking for Trouble, Pusha T, of the Prince, Big Sean, J. Cole. That ended up being on the J. Cole mixtape. What's it called? That song? The mixtape. The J. Cole mixtape.
0: Friday Night Lights?
1: Yeah. Yeah. November 12th. Chain Heavy. Crazy good song. Yep. Again, a song that was performed at the a cappella rounds that he did at the uh, designer headquarters. Talib Quali and Consequence, produced by Q-Tip.
0: That's a fucking fuck ton of songs.
1: Then the album releases. So... Up until the end, like if you want to just get rid of Good Fridays right now, there's one last song that comes out in December if you want to if you want to talk about it. Because <laughs> then we're getting into the album.
0: Christmas in Harlem. Yeah. Featuring Cam Ron, featuring Jim Jones, and featuring
1: Vado, Sai the Prince, Pusha T, Music, Soul Child, Tiana Taylor, and Big Sean.
0: Great Chris- song. Yep. Great song. It's Christmas in Harlem featuring three artists from Harlem.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, before that, the album comes out now. The rollout. We did the rollout. The, album. the like rollout. Now now it's just like you're picking up this album.
0: One of the biggest rollouts in music.
1: It was a long process. There was a lot of mystery behind it. There was a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of mystery behind it and a lot of talk about what was going on at the studio. What was going to happen? What was mm-hmm. this album going to be like? It comes out in November. It's got a visual to it. So the whole album is... Well, he made a short film, 30 minutes or so, 35 minutes.
0: Which is on the bonus deluxe.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's even free on YouTube now if you guys haven't seen that. I don't want to talk about the visual. It's cool.
0: No, I never watched it. not going to watch it.
1: It's cool. It's interesting. It's well shot. It's well done.
0: Well, there was a a lot of uh, people that worked on it as well. Yeah. There was. High was on it? Yeah. Oh.
1: Um, but now, I mean, now we're just going to go through the album. It's been 10 years since we've, that we've been listening to this album. I remember first hearing it and a friend of mine being like, it's it's fucking incredible. It's a classic. It's great. And my first reaction to it was just like, can we hear it? Who was that? Can we relax? doesn't matter.
0: Well, I think I know who it is.
1: But we were just like... I needed a minute to hear it first. 2010 was a big year in music. We're talking like, for me at least, Arcade Fire the Suburbs, The Nationals High Violet, Big Boy, Sir Luscious Left Foot, fucking Gorillas had Plastic Beach that year. So when this came out, I was like, there's been too much good music. Like, Can I just...
0: Relax and, the and listen to it. it. First, right? But that was the problem that threw me off. Was like, it's on the shelf. And people are already praising it like it's the greatest thing ever. Like, he, there was no, like, people again, people were coming in, filming themselves buying it, buying three copies, buying four copies. Like, I was just like, whoa, relax.
1: When we're talking about, like, instant acclaim here, like, we're saying all music, four and a half, Entertainment Weekly, A, The Guardian, four and five, The Independent, five star, fucking enemy nine on ten, Pitchfork, ten on ten. If Pitchfork gives something a ten, it's usually, like, The world's collapsed for a minute.
0: Yeah. Well...
1: Spin 9 on 10.
0: But you're getting so many songs before the album actually comes out that you don't know what's going to be on it.
1: But we got a track list.
0: How long before?
1: Songs started to leak. Songs like Lost in the World leaked. Um, So appalled was was on the Good Friday. Monster was on the Good Friday We had a part of Devil in a New Dress in in the Good Friday. So by the time the album came out, you kind of heard half of the songs.
0: Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Unmastered too.
1: Unmastered, unfinished, but a lot of them were heard by now. Mm -hmm. But the first time you put on this album, the first song is new. Mm -hmm. Dark Fantasy opens the album. The opening track... For this album, was produced by RZA of Wu-Tang Clan. Prior to keeping the beat for himself, No ID says this beat was offered to both Drake and Jay-Z, and they both passed on it, this Kanye beat. Um, It's very much a tone setter for the whole album. It opens with a monologue from Nicki Minaj. It's a reworked text of uh, children's author Roald Dahl, his opening lines to his retelling of Cinderella. You might think you peeped the scene, you haven't. The real one's far too mean. The watered-down one, the one you know, was made up centuries ago. They made it sound all whack and corny. Yes, it's awful, blasted, boring. Twisted fiction, sick addiction. We'll gather around children, zip it, listen. Right there, you know this is not going to be... In my opinion, when I first heard it, right there I said concept. There's there's gonna be a telling of Kanye West's story on this on this album. One that we don't know, one that we've seen through the medias that they made sound whack and corny. It's it's it was a lot of it was fabricated leading up to this. How Kanye West was just he became like a he became a target for the media in a way. Yeah. Nobody let him tell his version. Nope. This album was gonna be that. And then Justin Vernon and Tiana Taylor sing. I mean, it's massive. Can we get much higher when that kicks in, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: With, the, with the piano and the strings playing you in and the beat drops. So many of the album's themes that we're going to talk about are right here on this opening track. He gets the first thing he says is right about right away. First thing about his fame and success. I fantasize about this back in Chicago. Mercy, mercy me, that mercy lago. That's me the first year that I blow money spent on on, on cars, money spent on nice things. Mm -hmm. In the second verse, he uses a Slick Rick reference and kind of asks questions about like, I see myself as a leader for black people, but I don't know what to do to help push the world forward. Hey, teacher, teacher, tell me how do you respond to students and refresh the page and restart the memory, respark the soul, rebuild the energy, We stop the ignorance, we killed the enemy. Sorry for the night demons that still visit me. So he ends that series of questions and ties in his own personal anxieties at the very end. So at the start of the song, he's very powerful and successful, but already in the second verse, he's aware that he's human and he only has so much power. He can only do so much. And that, on the opening song, the way that progresses is exactly like the whole album is going to progress following. The whole album is just a crash, right?
0: The whole, yeah. Well, the song structured the way, like, to open up your album with a song like that and just, you basically sum up the album, like you said, in one song. But you're also like, what's going to happen next? Yeah. Who is like, if you don't know who Kanye West is, is you'd want to dig deeper. And that's what that that song does, I find. And when I listened to that song and the first time I heard it, I was just like, where is this going to take me? Mm -hmm. Like, first of all, I listened to it at a, a time in my life where I was listening to nothing but underground, grimy hip hop. Mm-hmm. so for listening to this and being like, okay, this is a RZA beat. How is this a RZA beat? How could this be RZA? But the way it was structured to fit Kanye West, but also sound like RZA at points in the song. Yeah. But do you see the way Kanye made the song? Mm-hmm. Like, do you see like that that structure of like, You have them singing at the beginning, you have the storytelling at the beginning, then they start singing, and then the beat drops. Yeah. But the beat is so dirty. Like.
1: It has a kind of. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? It's like.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's like hip
0: hop, but like there's a lot of things going on. Yeah. It's like, wait a second, Kanye West. You made an album before this that has. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like exactly. it's like yeah, yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like he ended off 808s and heartbreaks and then he started like I don't care well, about Well, You the could
1: good. even go a step before, you could even say graduation was very clean, very yes, polished.
0: Exactly, but you're listening to this guy and then all the I'm not talking about the Good Fridays because that's like just songs Except, here and there. Yeah. Okay. And then you start off with that and it's so dirty the, the 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 beat drop and I was just right away I was just like, Okay, here's RZA. Mm. I understand what he's going yeah. at because RZA, when he produces his music it sounds like he produced it in a closet that's super small and it's just background noise all over the place. That's what he knows. Right? Look at 36 Chambers. You, just, you feel mm-hmm. that. That's yeah, why yeah, he yeah. went to go get him. For sure. That's what I love about it. And that's why I was like, fuck. Okay, here's RZA. I understand what Kanye is doing. And that's why it's so brilliant. That's why it's so brilliant where he made RZA make him beat to start off his album.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And to it sounds
1: me, Yeah, it's such a great opener, to, and Absolutely.
0: I'm happy this song never leaked. <laughs> because I don't know if it did, actually. I don't think it leaked. Because even to me, this is probably the most underrated song on the album. Not a lot of people oh. talk about, nobody talks about this song.
1: It's you, up there. It's you totally could talk sure. about
0: all the other songs on this album, and then, like, this is super underrated. And again, Rizid made the beat, but so much more production was put onto this. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it has to be. It has to be one of the best intros to an album. Next song.
1: Go for it. You're on this episode too.
0: <laughs> well, I'm on this episode too, but I just <laughs> like the way that you're you're going with it. Because again, like, I know how you feel about this album, but gorgeous.
1: Is it some of Kanye's best raps?
0: This is Kanye. These are Kanye's best raps. You have no
1: choice. You're going up against Raekwon well, on the fourth verse. You got him.
0: There is no way, but we got to start off with the song by saying the sound of the song. Yeah, we talked about Riz's griminess of the beat at the beginning. Yeah, the production on this, right, is like staticky throughout the whole album, the right. whole song.
1: That's yeah, that's 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 for sure. And I need to highlight on this that the Kid Cudi collaboration and maybe most of his, collab- his collaborations on this album, you know, I don't like. Kid Cudi sing it all but he had an important role because otherwise this is a throwaway track Mm -hmm. Um, the instrumental is great and as we said the verses are all great Kanye and Raekwon but when Kanye provides the hooks in his songs he stays within the same tone as his verses Yeah, Uh, like you'll hear on songs that we're going to talk about later but his voice on this track like you said is distorted he's laid back distorted And he's upset, very blunt, very straightforward. He doesn't have room for a hook in this. No. With that tone, let's say. You needed a specific hook, hook, and Kid Cudi was the guy to give you that best product for this track.
0: And Kanye needed to focus on the bars.
1: Yeah. How about this? We could agree that Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy in many ways has a lot of pop elements on Mm -hmm. every song. Kid Cudi is the only pop element on this song that makes it work yeah. with the rest of the album.
0: But you're gonna get so much balance in this song. Yeah. And four verses. Yeah. You don't hear that anymore. It's rare. Four verses. This song is almost—is it five minutes? It's something it's like, up there. Yeah. It's five minutes song. Kanye gives you three fantastic verses.
1: Yeah, some of his best. Well, if not his best, yeah.
0: Right. And he's like you said—he's angry. He's blunt. He's straight to the point. He wants to let you know. But then you put a guy like Raekwon on, and I never understood this. I'm sorry. As much as I love this song.
1: Yeah, I know what you're saying because the story goes that Raekwon didn't want to collaborate. He flew into Hawaii to give feedback and advice on the music Kanye was making. And only because RZA told him that this guy had good things on the table for this album. Uh, After seeing Kanye's worth... Work ethic, he's spot. That's that.
0: Can I give you some emotion right now?
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: It's incredible to see how a guy like Kanye West, where he has Sahai, the Prince, Pusha T, common, he has all these guys, Big Sean, all these people, took a verse from somebody, one of the best storytellers ever, mm-hmm. and put him on a, album that comes out in the 2010s
1: one of his idols you gotta remember he was also coming off hot off uh, Cuban Links 2 right
0: but Kanye West is huge on Slick Rick he's huge on storytelling
1: yeah
0: it's all up that same alley right but it, it brought something to the song and if Raekwon wasn't gonna be on the song I don't think I would've understood the song as much as I did cause Raekwon's lyrics on here is just chopped up he's chopping it up well, He's first, just referencing a bunch of things.
1: Well, first we get three Kanye versus. Yes. So lyrically, now we're following with the themes as we're listening to the album. Mm-hmm. Dark, the dark fantasy is basically here's what we're going to talk about for the next 70 minutes. And lyrically on on gorgeous, I think Kanye's tired of being a mockery.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, whether it's about his temper, his patience, how serious he takes his work, his race. He's done. He's, he doesn't want to... Like, he's not a fool. Stop taking him for a fool. And everyone points out the South Park this, Choke a South Park rider with a fish stick, which was clearly... A, he was being made fun of for taking himself so seriously uh, on the show, on South Park. Um, but the one lyric that always sticks out to me and is very straightforward is when he says, what's a black beetle anyway? A fucking roach? I guess that's why they got me sitting in fucking coach. And it addresses that as although he's accomplished, and he's getting the comparisons to great artists like the Beatles, great you know big names in music, the fact that he's black is still preventing yeah. him from being
0: being looked he's at. He's still not like one he, of yeah, the greats because that's it.
1: there's still parts of this that are preventing him from. Am I a great or am I not? But what that's is why.
0: It? But that's why this song and the lyrics that Kanye spits in there. Yeah. Is important Yeah it's, it's 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 almost brilliant Because You don't hear him Talk about stuff like that anymore That's it Can we just talk about the Yeah
1: You go off on this Rayquan verse Because
0: You've always said that You've always imagined Raekwon For this verse Just coming into the studio Going right to the recording booth Putting headphones on And just spitting the verse And that's Actually what I it-
1: could see him Leaving this on a voicemail Use this, yeah, and they just because that's
0: what it sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking crazy, but that's what it sounds like. Yeah, and I was gonna rap the song when I was just like, "Fuck it!" But like, <laughs> you gotta got like, what Raekwon basically did on this song is he didn't want to take too much away from what Kanye was saying, but he gave his opinion on things. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like almost like that ghostface verse from the good music, uh, yeah. the new god flow. Yeah, 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 Like you could put these two together. It's like, and and I I found it cool and I like it and you would, it made me want to listen more to the album. Yeah. Because what Kanye West started off the album with, where he used RZA and he put Raekwon here, what's more to come on the album? Mm-hmm. You're using so many hip hop elements here right now. It's like, you're back to your norm. You're, you're back, getting
1: a kick in the face, right? Right.
0: And I was at a time where I didn't give a fuck about Kanye West. I could not give a shit about his music. Yeah. This brought me in. Those are the two songs that brought me in. Track three. Power.
1: Apparently, this song took 5,000 hours to create.
0: I could see where. I could see where.
1: He's an obsessive guy, so yeah.
0: So I'm going to ask you this question. On, he was blunt, right? Yeah. On Gorgeous. Yeah. He was angry. What he did with Power, and for it to be his first single, and starting off, I'm living in the 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Yeah. His cockiness is coming back. Screams from the haters got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero needs a theme music. Yeah. It's like...
1: And this is happening over, like, chants. Right? <laughs> Sample chants.
0: Ah. Uh, yeah. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> but like he said it. I guess every superhero needs his theme music. You, this is this is I, Kanye's theme music. I'm back. Fuck all of you. Yeah. You know what I mean. Uh, no, no one man should have all that power. The clock t- ticking. I just count the hours. He felt
1: doubted in a way.
0: But he needed that because I don't think this would come out of him. If 808s came out and he was heartbroken and then it was just like, oh, okay, cool. Next, what he wouldn't have created this this song. This this song cannot exist if nothing happened to him before that. That's true. And why I like this song so fucking goddamn much is the fact that it's again, it's kind of hip hop. Yeah. But it's kind of in your face. Yeah. But it's like
1: it's still not entirely hip hop though, right? Because at the end you kind of get that transition into a bridge. Yeah. This would be a beautiful death jumping out the window. That's also something that he starts dabbling with more yeah. on this. I mean, he spoke about being he spoke about being down and depressed on 808s and heartbreak, but he's talking about suicide. He's clearly feeling in some ways. I want to say.
0: I was drinking earlier, now I'm driving. Yeah,
1: he's reckless now. He's reckless and the, And the thing about it is he's not i mean part of the themes again on the album is not being afraid of his own mortality because he's accomplished enough for himself,
0: well, Steve, he starts off the album, we want to let you know what's going on, yeah, second one he's angry, third one it's all it's all in his head, yeah, these are all different mm-hmm. scenarios going on, yeah. This is all different characters, but but power. You're a character at that point. You feel that you're bigger than everybody else. That's
1: it. And that's the thing that with these with these with these songs is that there's so much confidence being put forward in them.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That we're only at track three.
0: Strong song structure, the way you put the songs together. I'm sorry, like as this as your third song.
1: That's it, and. Did you have anything else on Power?
0: No, I just because I I, I love this song off the jump. Power, yeah, Power because was, was a was a hit be, right away. But coming off of A the Weights and having this as your first single made you wanna go back in. Yeah. Because he steered so far away. That's it. Yeah.
1: And then you're shifting into track four, mm-hmm. which in the context of the album, the interlude catches you off guard sonically. Considering the album opens with a return-to-form type sound, like Kanye came off 808's change and returned to predominantly hip-hop roots with a hint of rock granted in the King Crimson sample in Power, 21st Century Kidsword Man, he gave you beats that bang Mm -hmm. for the first three tracks. And then track four is instrumental piano played by Elton John. That leads into, arguably, Kanye's most pop-oriented hit with the exception of stronger and the music versus the lyrics in all of the lights is extremely extremely well played <laughs> musically we're hearing the happiest song on the album
0: by right? far by yeah. far a yeah. pop
1: song it's a, it's 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 really just a pop song in the purest of its forms
0: well this used to play when we would go out at clubs it was,
1: that's it so it was it was supposed to be a positive song mm-hmm. But along with pop music and being a pop star like Kanye is, there's a struggle. And when we say all the lights, Kanye is shedding light on all his struggles with fame, spotlight, the way he's been expected to present himself a certain way. This is, this is, this is I'm putting all the lights on my personal battles.
0: Yeah, but a lot of people didn't see that that way. That's it. This is what
1: I'm saying. This is why this is so crucial to the album and often gets considered the pop song.
0: I hated this song when I first heard it.
1: But thematically, turn up all the lights in here, baby. Extra bright. I want y'all to see it. It sounds triumphant. It sounds overcoming. But he's shedding light and trying to expose the challenges and difficulties being Kanye. Right?
0: It's always about being Kanye.
1: And there's two features on this album, on this song. That are overlooked.
0: Well, if you need to, you kind of need to know the structure of the song to understand that too. Well, read credits.
1: So, for me, what makes the song this powerful, and I'm not saying that her performance is necessarily great, or her verse is great, but Fergie with a verse on "All of the Lights," a song that's talking about the struggles of being a pop star, shedding light on the difficulties, shedding light on. How you expect it to be. People basically credited her as the source to like black he- black eyed Peas downfall into mainstream. And Elton John, like he's been challenged by the media his entire career with his patience, like Kanye, with his sexuality.
0: Sir Elton John. Sir Elton
1: John, my apologies. Please. Um, so although the production on the track really gives the song a push, th- there's an there's an underlining power to the song. The vocal credits are handed out to John Legend, The Dream, Ellie Jackson, Alicia Keys, Drake, Kid Cudi, and Rihanna, in addition to Fergie and Elton John. But the big moment, and probably one of the biggest moments on the album, is right after Fergie's verse, when Rihanna sings a chorus, then Elton John sings the chorus. <laughs> Sir, again. And he's, uh, Sir Elton, my apologies. Jesus. Sir Elton John sings the chorus and reinf- reinforces that point. Yep turn up the lights in here I want you all to see
0: this that voice was amazing it's
1: that's that to me is an iconic part of the album one of the most important parts of this album well, this is the, this is the exposure of celebrity life
0: my yes I agree my favorite thing about this song is how, how many people used to create this song gets overlooked as well you think it's a pop song people you, would. you, you listen that's to it. It. it's like it's just pop oh yay let's play it in the clubs oh Kanye West pop song best song. It's so happy. But these people, the way they, they the effort that was put into this song, Cy High uh, said it, that they were all in the studio and he wanted them to sing all at the same time.
1: Like a choir. And the most interesting part about this is you got names like Rihanna on this. She doesn't come back on this album. No. Kid Cudi comes back. Drake doesn't come back. You could hardly hear him on this. Alicia Keys doesn't come back. Ellie Jackson doesn't come back. John Legend comes back once. But some of these big names that performed on this one song have just enough of a role for this song.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. We don't need them elsewhere. Song
0: song. structure.
1: So I think that although All of the Lights to me is still that pop song, there's much more meaning and it's really crucial to the storytelling on this album.
0: Yep. Really crucial. Probably the, the best created song on the album.
1: Production-wise, it's up there, but um, yeah, like I said, those themes to me are just like they're critical to how they're put up against that happy beat, that that positivity.
0: Music video was for uh, this, right?
1: There was a music video for this. Only Rihanna and Kid Cudi were in the music video. Yep. Everyone else, I mean, well, they have smaller roles, right? Even Fergie wasn't in the music video.
0: Next song. Are we done with this song?
1: Yeah. So now we're transitioning into like we got a pop song. We got three big hip hop songs. We got an interlude and a, a pop song. Now we're transitioning into a song that we knew from the Good Friday series. Yeah. But how's it gonna fit on the album? How's how and and to be honest with you, we could say that about the next three songs. How yeah, how are th- these gonna fit now?
0: Because they're very like because the next one is just, posse cut and then a posse cut.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about it. Monster opens up with vocals by Justin Vernon. Yep, I'm in. Verse by Rick Ross, works for me.
0: <laughs> Funny <laughs> verse,
1: it laid back, like just chill verse it's by Rick even, Ross.
0: It's not even like six bars.
1: He's just he's just setting the tone.
0: But I like the way he sets the, the tone. Song.
1: Kanye West samples. Here's one for example. The chorus comes in.
0: It's like the perfect intro.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Fast
0: motherfucker.
1: Now look who's in trouble.
0: Um, (laughs) And then the Kanye
1: verse comes in. Best living or dead, hands down. But wait. First thing. Hold
0: on. Did you see the way you started, like the song started? Yeah. It's just so amazing to me how the song was put together. It's like you just said that Justin Vernon, Rick Ross for six, five, four bars into Kanye West.
1: Imagine those two in the studio, because like we said, guys were in the studio, and Justin fuck. Vernon said the weirdest thing for me is sitting down and smoking a joint with cross.
0: But how it's almost like Stan Konya, that song. How the fuck does it come to be where it just is c- created?
1: Well, like you said, it's a posse cut, right? So it's a bunch of people that are giving in their verses and originally the song was supposed to be a Watch the Throne song.
0: Did, do you think Rick Ross had a longer verse and no. he just cut it? No,
1: I think, but but he said that. He's like, he was in there for other reasons. He was in the studio to do, so that Kanye could produce the Fast Die Young of Teflon Don. Yeah. And from being there, just kind of, we're hanging out. We're just making mu- We're making music. That and he just got there and did that. Bitch, I'm a monster. No good blood slicker.
0: Fuck. Can we talk about the Jay-Z verse?
1: Okay, so the, so that's it. So here, Kanye was sample. Here's one, for example. Kanye comes in with a good verse, yeah. right? And then Jay-Z. This is young veto voice of the young people, <laughs> comes in with this Sasquatch, Godzilla, <laughs> King Kong, Loch Ness, <laughs> Goblin, <laughs> Gula. Zombie with no conscience.
0: Question. Horrendous.
1: What do these things they'll have in common?
0: This is from Mount Rushmore rapper. Yeah. Anyways, now we- this is
1: this is this is the only exception I'll give Jay Z to go off the top of the head. Yeah. We all say Jay Z doesn't write bars. I'll forgive him, but this is a fucking <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Thank God he came back on this, uh, the song after this with a way better verse. You think? It's way. I don't think. Steve, Let's get. To I it. could have rapped on this song and would have had a better verse than Jay Z.
1: But Steve, how can I begin this? I'm just so offended. <laughs> how am I even mentioned by all these fucking beginners? It's horrible. But okay, back to
0: monster. But it again, like, it. it's compare. You're comparing it. Yeah,
1: fuck. one one up against the other. So Paul kills it.
0: But we're monster.
1: So Jay Z does his verse. It's really not good. And then the Nicki verse. Yeah. And we heard it from the. Good Friday release in the context of the album, it still gives you shivers. Yep. It's like what the fuck? Like And
0: I don't like I I don't like Nicki Minaj.
1: No, there's not much else great. Well, I mean, I don't dislike her, but this verse pretty much summed up her career.
0: There's nothing good after this because you were put at a height right now of you're lyrical as yeah. fuck. Yeah. But you can't do anything else after this.
1: Does Monster fit on the album? Because we're telling, we're talking about the song, and we're doing this special episode because it's a classic.
0: It fits because Kanye made it fit to an extent where, if it didn't start the way that it did, and it didn't finish the way it did with the music, you see the way it ends.
1: Yeah, it's back to the singing, right? Virgin right, sings again. Yeah,
0: they wouldn't have fit properly. Okay. If it would have just ended with Nicki Minaj verse onto the next song. Oh yeah, that would it would have lost like a the full point guy. for me.
1: And then we get "So appalled." I'm so appalled, Spaulding ball, balding <laughs> Donald Trump, that's his friend by the way, yeah. taking dollars from y'all.
0: Times have changed. One hand in the air
1: if you don't really care.
0: Two hands in the air
1: if you don't really care.
0: It's like that sometimes I mean ridiculous.
1: It's a bit of an annoying song. This part of the album to me is where I kind of lose the themes. I, I don't know the themes anymore, and if there's a weak point on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, I like Monster as a song. Mm-hmm. I don't love So Appalled as a song, but I'd get rid of both those songs if I had to cut songs. Those are the two I take out. Personal opinion.
0: I would take out Monster over So, so Appalled, Appalled. Really? Because it's darker. I find it's, it's way darker, darker. It's very
1: that's that's a Manfred Mann beat. Uh, An old British band, very, very dark. And and in the studio, people were surprised that he chose that sample. People didn't know what he was going to do with that. But that, to me, is just a track that could have been on the Good Music Compilation. Or on the Good Fridays, which it was. Right. But Posse Cuts ended up making the album in the end. People liked them.
0: Rappers on this. Yeah. You have Jay-Z.
1: How can I begin this? I'm just so offended. How am I even mentioned by all these fucking beginners?
0: Still better than monster, Sasquatch,
1: Godzilla, <laughs> King Kong. <laughs>
0: um, next rapper on here
1: would be Pusha T, right?
0: Success is what you make it. Take it how it come. A half a million twenties, like a billion, where I'm from. An arrogant drug dealer, the legend I've become. become. CNN said I'd be dead it by be 21. 21. Yeah. Blackjack I just pulled an aces. You looking at the king in his face.
1: Everything I dream, motherfucker. Um this apparently was they told him like <laughs> arrogant drug rap.
0: Yeah. For this verse. Yeah, because later on you can't do that. Yeah. This and you haven't heard Pushit in a long time, huh? That's
1: it. That's it. He's making, he's ma- but you heard him, I mean, they're Good Friday tracks, right? So yeah. you heard him on those, but in the context of an album, let's say you haven't heard him on an album in a long time. Yeah. This is how he's coming back. Loved it. Uh, last verse, I had the Prince, wasn't yeah. supposed to be on there.
0: Yeah. He asked to be put on there. And you see the beat is like the end of the beat. Yes, the outro to the beat.
1: Yeah. And uh, apparently Beyonce was at the studio and said, you got to sign this guy. Mm-hmm. That didn't work out.
0: <laughs> nope. Now so, he's yeah. doing a free high campaign, yeah for real. why where is he? Well, he wants to get out of his deal with good music. he's doing videos on Instagram of him as a prisoner in jail <laughs> free <laughs> free high. I don't know if it has to do with good music, but it has to do with getting freed out of his contract anyways he but sci- but it was it was a good verse
1: it was a good verse, yeah no, he had promise. And then we heard him on Good Music and he had Promise. And nothing came of it.
0: I like his debut album. Should I hear that? You should definitely hear that album. Because the guy's got fucking skill.
1: Is he a pastor?
0: He was, it was, yeah, it was number four on my list of the year it came out. Well, yeah, he's... God bless. (laughs) Yep.
1: Um, So yeah, these two tracks for me, they're Posse Cuts. They don't exactly fit.
0: I don't think the album would have been what it is without them on it. What else are you going to plug in?
1: But Well, you don't have to plug in because it's still a long album. You still have room to make a concept, make a theme. In these two songs, I just feel like everyone comes across as arrogant, right?
0: Yeah, but don't you think that fits at being arrogant? Kanye is being told he's arrogant.
1: Well, here's the thing. The first three tracks are arrogant in a way. Yeah. And then all of the lights, he kind of exposes the negative side of being Mm -hmm. famous, right? I guess, yeah, going back to being arrogant makes sense because now you're going into Devil in a New Dress and the next songs or the next batch of songs start to tackle romantic relationships of Kanye's, right? Till the end. That's it. Devil in a New Dress revolves heavily around uh, a sample of Smokey Robinson's Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow? There's a guitar solo played on it by producer Mike Dean as we said earlier. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, It's also the only song in the album not produced by Kanye, but it takes him closest to the college dropout and late registration sounds. Mm -hmm. You agree? Uh,
0: Yes. Yes and no? Yes and no. I just find it very eerie as a song. Eerie? Yeah, I find it very eerie. I think this is more than... I don't know, like that guitar... Kinda. I don't find
1: it eerie. I think it's more there's a romantic tone to it. And you know what I think this song is? I think here,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: this is the end of a good relationship, a romantic relationship that ends on good terms. There's still comedy. It's still comical. There, there's playful bars. I ordered the jerk. She said, "You are what you eat." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's there's definitely heartbreak. And I think it's the closure to his breakup with ex-fiance uh, Alexis Pfeiffer, which 808s and "Heartbreak" was heavily addressed, that breakup in particular. But he was being he was being a baby about it. He was crying about it on that album.
0: To where here it's
1: he's kind of like it's heartbreaking, but we're on good terms,
0: mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But I like the way this the song was put together too, where that there's that big pause of just music. Yeah, the solo. Yeah, and into the Rick Ross verse.
1: It's crazy different from whatever Kanye's ever done.
0: Yep, for sure. But that's why I like that eeriness. I find it's very dark, eerie. Nah, maybe it might be my ears, but like, and no. then and then you see that like that guitar solo, and then boom, Rick Ross comes in. But like, you don't know he's gonna. If it didn't say featuring Rick Ross.
1: It's a surprise, yeah.
0: It's a surprise to where you think the song is going to end, but boom. And you know what I'm going to say? Before you talk about, and I want to let you talk about the Rick Ross verse, but
1: another career-defining verse. Oh, yes. On this album.
0: A hundred percent.
1: So two iconic moments on this album happen to be career-defining verses by Nicki Minaj and Rick Ross.
0: Yep. And the Rick Ross verse i wasn't a huge rick ross fan at this point i like teflon don but when i heard this i was like Whew. he just doesn't do trap music southern hip-hop he could really fucking structure on something different it sounded so like the flow this is like rick ross's turning point i find like, yeah do you, you know what i mean like I'm, it's,
1: it kicks off his period as a like the teflon don God forgives, I don't... There was a period of really good songwriting mm-hmm. by Rick Ross. Yeah. Where he proved himself and pretty much... You could even say that about the album before Teflon Dawn, but leading into this and and following Teflon Dawn, it was pretty much what... Put it gave, it gave Ross a reputation of having a good pen.
0: Don't second guess Rick Ross.
1: I wasn't second guessing.
0: No, no, but that's what I'm <laughs> saying to people. Because of of who he is and where he's from he could do almost anything and it proves it on this song did you know that rick ross was this is his second attempt for a verse on this because he 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 wrote one down he did it kanye said no (laughs) and then he went back in and fucking apparently killed it well it's what we have on the album but kanye did not like his first verse I said, you need to come stronger. There's something in you that needs to come out. And that's what came out.
1: I see that. I like that.
0: And you know what? It, it, it's fine. He had to step his pen up. And he could do it. Yeah. And it's a, it, it fits super well in the album. This is after So Appalled and you hit into this, like you said, the album shifts sound-wise, too. Yeah. Then we have
1: nine minute version of Runaway yeah we had heard him perform it short the radio edit was about five minutes and the single version was about six but now you're getting nine minutes and the intro is just that repeating
0: note very simple note
1: yeah, yeah it's just uh,
0: anybody could play that note
1: anyone could play that <laughs> note that's right um, but the beat drops yeah who got you who got you who got you and into the iconic chorus that everyone knows today I always find something wrong you've been putting up with my shit for way too long this is the most personal Kanye song ever oh really I would say
0: I think the next three with this song are
1: well I think this is his way of, of saying like like he's not necessarily apologizing but he's acknowledging his issues.
0: And when he says, let's have a toast for the douchebags, let's have a toast for the asshole, let's have a toast for the scumbags, every one of them that I know, he's talking about himself.
1: Well, yeah, of course, he's not shutting down that he's none of those things, right?
0: He knows he's all those things. Of
1: course. And that's why I find it's his most like, this is it. This is like, this is just how I am. Like, sometimes I do this.
0: And it's You like me or not?
1: But the verses on the song are, are are also quite revealing to his personality and and possibly what led to the relationships he had prior to this crumbling. After the Pusha T-verse, we're going to get to the Pusha T-verse, because I know you want to talk about it, <laughs> but he says, um, never was much of a romantic. I can never take uh, the intimacy. And I know I did damage because the look in your eyes is killing me. He's... For the first time, not taking, like on eight oh eight, not giving the blame to somebody else. Taking the blame. Right.
0: Perfect breakup song.
1: That's it. He never, and even though he's not necessarily apologizing throughout the song, he's at least recognizing he's the source of a lot of whatever. He's the source. so, So a lot of the things that made him angry, he was the source of to begin with. And that's, I think a lot of people are able to relate to this song. And it's such a relatable song. because it,
0: It's the most kind you re- The yeah. first
1: thing you do is think you're in the right So a it's lot a- of the time.
0: This song, anybody in, ever has ever been in a relationship could go to this song.
1: Even not even a romantic relationship, just a f- like a friendship that goes wrong. It's like a friendship dissolves because of disagreements yeah. a lot of the time. You see your side of it being the right way. There's no growth in that. No. And so I kind of think that this is like a song for everyone. Do you it's think, not just for the douchebags, the assholes. The
0: do you think dumbbikes. this is top five Kanye West songs?
1: I think it's top one. I I do think it's top one. I do I, It's no. simple, like you said, the, the simplicity in the notes being and the note being played and just how that note kind of. Yeah, but that's just the beginning of the,
0: the song, like the. F- yeah, but
1: even after the note is still always one note changing yeah. over the samples over the jazz samples of the drums. But again, there's the breakdowns, there's the strings at the end, with the with the voice of like uh, when he has like the that kind of talk box on mm-hmm. his voice. I mean. Yeah, I do think it's it's his best song, but the Pusha T verse is important in here. Why do you say that? Because more than So Appalled, which we heard two songs ago, this is the song that puts Pusha T back on the map.
0: Yep, and for Kanye West to go get Pusha T, who is always consistently talking about drug dealing, cocaine, yeah, was asked to be on a romantic, heartbreaking love song. Am I right? Yep. And you showcase Pusha T in a different light. Uh-huh. You showcase Pusha T being able to do something different, being able to rap something different, being able to focus on something different. Kanye West went to get him and told him, "Yeah, I need you on this song, and I need you to be emotional, and steer away from the rest. Mm -hmm. You said it the best. You make, he made, it brought him back and it made him as big as he became. That's it. Because of this, because it steered away from what Clips was doing. And Kanye West was a big Clips fan. He worked with them on their third album till the casket drops.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: He was a fan of these guys. That's it. So how Kanye West could find something in somebody Because if you would listen to clips, you would never think Pusha T could do a song like this. Are we being honest with each other? I agree with that. So for him to be able to do this and go in a different light and different whatever you want to call it and be able to do this, this is, to me, this is amazing. And this is why I put Pusha T in different top tens and why I think Pusha T is amazing. And his flow, too. It rides the beat so well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it does. It, it really it, it fits in with...
0: But how crazy is it, Kanye West, after where he's telling you a story and he's talking to you and being emotional, he doesn't end the song. He makes somebody else end the song.
1: No, he sings he's, after Push.
0: No, no, I verse-wise.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the beginning, he's kind of, yeah. Yeah.
0: So he made the song... Amazing. He he did it purposely to have Pusha T and the song. Mm-hmm. I could rap you the whole song, but I won't. <laughs> but do you want to add anything about this verse?
1: About Pusha T's verse? Yeah. No, I just think it really it it really fits in. It's 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 again. You have to look at it and you kinda have to say, in many ways, career defining verse. Mm-hmm. Because if not, he was done.
0: Oh well. If it wasn't, well, first of all, Clips wasn't together. That's it. And Kanye West took him under his wing because he but, saw but that's something it. in him. It's
1: like you could be part of Clips and that's great and that's, you have a good catalog. But when you get put on a song like this and it reignites your whole career, it's career defining in its own way. Yeah. So.
0: And the video too. Being in the video, wearing that white suit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was huge. And then "Runaway" transitions into a song that tonally is inspired very much by heavy metal.
0: I was driving or at least here.
1: Elements of it. I was yeah.
0: driving here when I was listening to the song. I was like, "I gotta fucking add that." Yeah. When we talk about, it, I need to say it, it sounds like a fucking metal song. That's it. So,
1: like the vocal melody to the chorus is sung to the same melody as Black Sabbath's "Iron yeah. Man," but there are other samples, and I didn't list them because the point of this wasn't to get into all the samples in detail because
0: there's insane amount of samples on this it's crazy on this song yeah and
1: and and in particular on this song they're using a lot of like old metal oriented genres that's to create crazy. that whole vibe and the song is a bit of a mess sonically right
0: oh i loved it
1: but but it's but it's distorted it's loud mm-hmm. it's, that's what i mean by it being a mess not that it's not a good song and um. The, the subject matter to this song is as well. Because now he's closed the page on his previous love and he's basically telling the artist of an artist marrying a porn star, which is pretty much like a, a metaphoric embellishment of his relationship with Amber Rose at the time for having been a stripper.
0: Taking drugs. Right. And what's crazy about this And I didn't see this anywhere. I just, the way you inhale the song is Kanye West's relationship with Amber Rose was toxic. It was. He was drinking. He was heavily into drugs. To the point where I'm like, that relationship and the way he was after breaking up with the the, the woman before this fucked up. And I don't want to say this like this way but put him into a different direction mentally
1: it played it it played with him up up, up to how we know him today you're trying to say
0: right exactly Uh, okay it's like that okay i broke up with someone that i love so much now i'm gonna go date this girl who's fucked up in the head beautiful as hell but she's going to make me into either a better person or a monster or it's gonna really fuck me up and that's what this did and that's what that I I take away from that song. He's telling you
1: what I what I find about the song is is really cool. Is that I don't think it's a standout track on the album. No, it requires the context of the album. But when I look at the artwork of the illustration of Kanye on the chair with the with the phoenix, this is the song I hear. This is the first song I hear when I see that You're album right. artwork. And
0: well, yeah, because the relationship thing.
1: That's it. And this is where he starts to tackle his obsession with sex. Mm-hmm. It's very much, I want to say, quote unquote, a demon associated to fame. Thematically, it fits in with this album.
0: Jugs, sex. That's it. But yeah. I don't
1: think this is a standout track on its own.
0: Fuck. Again, he's talking about his relationship being fucked up because of all this stuff. The, yeah. No?
1: Yeah. And it's odd. What I find so strange about it is because this is the guy that made Jesus Walks.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: In this sex crazed song He's still Talking about Religion
0: No more drugs for me Pussy and religion is all I need
1: That's a very um,
0: No more drugs That's a very
1: extreme on each Mm -hmm. end Of things to tie into a line
0: He's fucked up (laughs) I'm sorry this is a fucked up song This is like at the end of the night type song where you're piss wasted.
1: Honeymoon on the dance floor. Oh,
0: yeah. Great song. Right, honestly, yeah, yeah, Great, great song. Great like I said, it song. doesn't
1: stand out as a standalone track. No, but I, I find it very fight, underrated it f-
0: it, it, to where it fits onto the album after Runaway. Well, like I said, very it fits underrated.
1: in. Like to me, it's the artwork of the of the album. Every time I hear it, I see that artwork. Every time I see that artwork, I hear the song in my Ag- head. Agri- it It's needed on this album. It's essential to this album. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how just as you're listening to the song, Hell of a Life... The album took another shift now because now you went from confident hmm. to exposing the difficulties of being celebrity into how it played a part in your romantic relationships into how now you're like in this sex crazed again. Fucking.
0: It's, it's a clusterfuck.
1: Yeah. And the next song, right after this, right after you're on this high, hell of a life, we're living a hell of a life, Blame Game. So following this sex craze, hell of a life, comes a song about the disintegration of a a relationship that's partially because of a sex craze, Mr. West.
0: If you look at the the way he was leading up to this album, dressing, acting, just being around in general... fucking toxic relationship
1: and, and most speculation suggests that the song Blame Game is about the fallout between Amber Rose who yeah. was actually in the studio with him at a lot of points making this album she spoke she said he spoke very reckless of her on this album and he alleged that she alleged that he even cheated on her in this whole process
0: isn't he talking about in this song fucking a girl in the bathroom
1: I think he's talking about her there. I don't know for sure, but there seems to be also the, the, um, the kind of switch and saying like, he also thinks she did it first. Mm-hmm. So now you're also touching on the topics of jealousy. Being in the fucking public, being around people, it's hard to maintain relationships, especially this type
0: mm-hmm.
1: of a relationship for sure.
0: I agree. Total cluster. Uh,
1: John legend features on the song. But Let's he's not playing the piano. Play no. That's the apex in the sample. He's just uh, contributing vocals. And uh, Kanye's voice is important to mention. He's it, The whole song, gets manipulated. It's pitched up, it's pitched down, yeah, it's yeah. distorted. And remember on Gorgeous, how he was saying like he's tired of being the mockery? Now he's intelligently playing along to the joke. Of him having personality disorder, multiple personality disorder. By shifting those voices, by creating this kind of, you're hearing different voices telling you different things, right? Well, look how, it's how a the very paranoid how, how,
0: the Look how it goes into the outro of the song, and the, the Chris Rock
1: classic skit,
0: the Chris Rock skit, uh, along with the phone call, and him hearing the phone call.
1: That's it. That's where he kind of accuses,
0: him being Amber cheated Rose on.
1: Back or whoever back.
0: That took two nights, apparently, that he went back and forth into the studio, Chris Rock, to record it.
1: But it's funny. This is this is the interesting thing about Kanye is just how he didn't like being the joke in South Park. He's allowing the joke to be on his album.
0: Mm-hmm. I never thought of it that way. Because he was pissed about that South Park thing. Like, he was fucking pissed. He was furious For, about that. It wasn't even that bad, but it really
1: wasn't. And then he's making a joke skit about himself being cheated on. So he's already coming. There's already some kind of growth in Kanye's character, despite the song being very paranoid and very busy with the voice the, the voice changings. Like we said, kind of creating this context of like multiple personalities. Right. He's already kind of healed from people making fun of him we know he's not actually healed because we've seen in the in the like he still doesn't deal with that very well no but
0: again it's a clusterfuck song yeah to the last track after the skit
1: Lost in the World and Who Will Survive in America I'll put these together let's say yeah yeah So this I is, would this is both a, a, a wood sample from Bon Iver's Blood Bank EP yep but Justin Vernon actually added vocals on top of the original song. That's
0: super cool that he did that. When I the first time I heard that they did that was actually it was today. But you had told me a while ago, I think. Possibly. But that was cool. It's like he, a
1: sample and a feature of well the that same guy. Well, he brought
0: guy. him to the studio to go over yeah his vocals,
1: add more textures to his original That's song. That's
0: crazy right? how you allow that.
1: Yeah. And. This is like men this is this is in many ways again, we're closing the chapter on the Amber Rose relationship. And according to Kanye, this is part of a love letter
0: to Kim. Yeah, because he met her. Right. Through friends yeah. and fell in love with her. That's it. Blah blah blah. Blah blah blah.
1: So finding new love after another love falls apart.
0: Yeah. Very good way to end the album.
1: Very good way, but it's not how the album ends. No,
0: but song-wise, music Oh,
1: musically, it's crazy. I mean, at the sets, uh, when he did, uh, I forget what he did, but he had Justin Ber- Vernon with him too when they closed the festival with this song. Was it at Coachella or Lala or Oh, really? I had no
0: fucking idea.
1: They were closing sets with this when they were when they were promoting this album. There wasn't a tour for this album, really, but this would close the set, and it was such a big deal, of, even as Justin Vernon put it in interviews, that his song was going to be closing festivals in this epic way of, like, how Kanye evolved this song, you know? Uh,
0: Didn't tour for this huh?
1: There wasn't a tour for this.
0: That's weird. There was dates here and
1: there, but there was not a... It wasn't... It may have had, like, little dates, like To Pimp a Butterfly style, but it didn't have a... There was no massive tour behind this.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, The Who Will Survive in America...
0: Who Will Survive in America?
1: It's a continuation with the Lost in the World instrumental with part of a Gil Scott Heron piece titled Comment Number 1. The text of this poem resonates loudly today. Yes. As it did in the 70s. And contrary, I'm, I mean, I know there's there's, def, there's topics of race on My Beautiful Director's Fantasy, but this is particularly powerful. And it's about a predominantly white student movement in the 70s, attempting to enforce radical change. The po- the, the text that Gill has in this sheds a lot of light on the improbability of this succeeding because of how middle and upper class whites will never understand the struggles uh, radical change seeks to eliminate. So in the context of this particular body of work, this text that addresses radical change is... In some ways, Kanye applying that to himself and saying that maybe in, in some way, I take it as this, there's a lack of understanding towards Kanye. There always was, even going forward, there is, there
0: always will be. There always has been since day one.
1: And, there, and, 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 and so long as media and higher powers try to change, Kanye for what they want there will be no success
0: no ever just let them fucking be
1: that's the closure to the album for me that's how I take it and I, mean, I know that the text is much more powerful in what, it, in what it's
0: oh 100% in what it means especially but, now
1: yeah oh yeah it yeah, definitely resonates now but put into the context of this body of work and Kanye being the self-absorbed um, arrogant artist that he is the logic I apply to this text particularly is him basically saying that radical change is the key point. You're asking that of me. You're asking me to be more than, than I could be.
0: I don't think he understands or people don't. What do you expect from this guy? And he's trying to say that. What do you expect? Very from much. What do you expect from me? And
1: it's really that whole the thing The fuck of do like, you want yeah. from me,
0: basically? He's saying,
1: and it's really the way of saying like, the more these higher powers try to change me, the more he's gonna. The less I'm gonna, the less I'm gonna participate.
0: Well, the more he's gonna just get the other way. Yeah, you know what I mean.
1: Um, that concludes the album. Yeah. Who will survive in America?
0: Who will survive in America? Y- your point of view, your, because I I could go first, but what's your whole? Just like it, sum up this album, like to you, and what it did, okay. And musically, and because I know where this is in your top.
1: Yeah, so I think my beautiful dark to fantasy is the best hip hop, rap, whatever you want to call it, album ever made. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the very best albums ever made in all music. It's top five. It's a top five album for for me. Um, I think it's one of the best musical comebacks of all time. You have to remember he was. Trying to be destroyed by the media, he had to rebuild the. Um, I don't want to use hype because it's not enough. Of, it's not a really good word, but he had to re. He had to gain momentum again. He had to win his audience back over. People were disappointed with 808s weights and heartbreak, uh, um, heartbreak at the time. He had to win people back. He had to continue proving himself with this. It's a really, really. It's a big return like this. Putting this out as your fifth album.
0: album—it's your sec- It was a second coming.
1: In so many ways. Mm-hmm. It was really like, it, it's, so, it's
0: so... Prove, you had to prove a point.
1: Yeah. And to have done so in not just Kanye's catalog, to sit down and say, in Kanye's catalog, this is the best album. This changed the way we listen to hip hop music. Oh, yes. Outkast, we spoke about, had this type of concept, this kind of sound, this kind of progressive, conceptual album, but it didn't reach the masses like this did.
0: No, because of where they are on a scale.
1: And that it hit in 2010, and you go throughout the decade up until 2019, this opened doors for so much. For so much.
0: To your point, 808s opened the door for a bunch of people to be able to play with music, but this made you rethink how you make an album that's
1: it and like musically
0: you think, yeah because when you listen to and i'm sorry to cut you off i just want to throw it out there when you m- listen to hip-hop it's dj mc dj mc beat yeah. production mc kanye fucking made you a like an orchestrated album it's movie. yeah it's
1: more than just a rap album and and when you look at songs like when you think of albums like just like you say like 808's and heartbreak and graduation, going two albums back really inspired artists like Drake. Really inspired artists like Jay Cole, Kid Cudi. If you look at take care. Just the title track off take care. That's a that's a Gil Scott Heron song, turned into a Jamie xx beat. Gil Scott Heron was 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 is a big deal. But because of this, who will survive in America, and his death around that period of time, really, I mean, helped artists like Drake take these types of sounds, take these artists, use them as well for sampling, use them as well for songwriting. And into the Kendricks, Good Kid. Good Kid is storytelling at its finest, but there's a tone of it that says, Concept album, The Way My Beautiful Dark mm-hmm. is put together. Oh, for sure. And musicality into To Pimp a Butterfly. Fuck Even yeah. more, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This is the album responsible for
0: all those oh, big... Oh, fuck. You know, like... For sure. So for sure.
1: E- even things that don't hit as hard, like an world. it's still drawing directly from this.
0: I could tell you fucking a lot of albums. I can name you... Named Drake J. Cole Probably retried to do this
1: With his concept stuff, yeah Didn't work,
0: but Musically, musically It's the main focus of this album And I'll jump in and say my thought right now Musically, there's a lot of Things going on A lot of samples Fucking The sample list for this Must be 50 samples There's a lot, yeah If not more
1: it was I, it was important that I didn't bring it up because no, there is it, so much.
0: You know what's crazy is people are gonna listen to this album now and be like, okay, where, what's that? What's that sound? Where was that sample coming from? Who did that? And me too. Fuck, I had no idea. I have no idea who the fuck these people are. Hmm. So it's but it's cool that Kanye West went to take these like Apex Twin, yeah, like fucking using that sample, King Crimson. You I know. mean, he
1: had used can on, on uh, graduation. So he he definitely had a connection to like Prague type of stuff, right?
0: This is the best produced hip hop album ever, for sure, for sure, produced. I like that. I this like in, that. This and Tupimba Butterfly for sure.
1: Okay, I like that okay. a lot. I think that that's that's a.
0: There is no. Statement. Way around it. You can't. You can't. You can you can't come to me and tell me anything else. As much as I listen to so much hip hop and I and there's so much more underground artists I like and all this shit, production value, production wise, may like a guy making an album, yeah. this has to be the best. This is this is the bar. And everything comes out. You you fuck you have to listen to this album and be like, look at fucking guys like Big Sean. And yeah. Jay Cole, and I'm gonna put in Kendrick in there as well. Like these guys, fucking, as m- came up under him, mm-hmm. he gave people allowed to be able to do that. You know what I mean?
1: He allowed for he allowed for rappers to step out of the box
0: as much as with Outkast, because Outkast did a big amount. But do you understand the way this album was produced?
1: Well, also on a commercial level, because this is Kanye West we're talking about.
0: Yeah, and it's like, okay, I could do that. Oh you could use this, like, you got to listen to this in your ears and be like, forget, and big speakers in your car, in your ears and be like, whoa, hmm. what am I discovering? What What is this guy doing in yeah. music? And at that point, you could be, oh, fuck, I'm one of the best ever. Yeah, that, I
1: mean, I, his arrogance is definitely a result of... of um He's a hard worker and he puts out good music. So to some extent, the arrogance, uh, he has work to show for it. Is it a good trait to have? I still don't think so. The only the only personal connection I kind of have with this album in terms of me to this album is kind of on that middle period of Devil in a New Dress and Runway and being like, you're not always right. Mm-hmm. Stop seeing yourself above.
0: Oh, fuck. It happens to me every... So... Now.
1: I mean, can I relate to Hell of a Life and and Blame Game? No, I've never been in that situation. I can. (laughs) Uh, Dark Fantasy, Gorgeous Power? No, I can't be in, no. But like, that's what I'm saying is there's not much relatable content to Uh, the general listener, right?
0: Actually, when I was named, like I became store manager, (laughs) I listened to Power, I swear to you. I listened to power. Okay, you're fucking nuts then. <laughs> no, I just, it was a fucking perfect theme for you. Did you m-
1: fire, were you like <laughs> fucking it's like firing people? and?
0: No, I was just fucking in a great mood. Okay. Uh, but like, I th- look, I, I'm going to go out and say that I really don't like the guy anymore. Like I don't like him and I don't want to get into why and all that shit. That's anyways, I don't like him. I don't like him anymore. I don't care. I hope he never puts out any more music because it will never be as good as this. Neither will it, will it be as good as Jesus and life of Pablo to a certain extent. The music but fell off. The music fell off. The music fell off. His man, he doesn't rap like this no more. No. It's like it's like he has a internal amount of writer's block.
1: Yeah, his 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 writing has not has fallen off.
0: And you know what? I don't want. We, let's not get into that because it's not about that. It's about "Beautiful, Dark, Twisted Fantasy" 10 year anniversary. Yeah, this is music. And when people say hip hop is the DJ, the producer, the the MC, the rhyming—absolutely not. It's the Kanye West, "My Beautiful, Dark, Twisted Fantasy." Take this and listen to this.
1: Yeah, there's and a bonus track uh, that was on this album called "See Me Now."
0: Really? I had no idea.
1: Yeah, it's the iTunes bonus track. Beyonce, Charlie Wilson, Big Sean. It's is an he, okay track.
0: Doesn't it doesn't fit on the
1: album. It ends too happy if it were to be on the
0: album. Okay, I don't want to hear it. I never I heard it. I want to ask you whether your top three. Five is too much. Top three favorite songs on the album.
1: Um, I could do it in order. I'm comfortable doing it in order. Okay. I think number three would be... Uh Dark Fantasy. Number two would be Devil in a New Dress, and number one would be Runaway.
0: Ooh. Gorgeous
1: would be Ford battles, I guess, with Dark Fantasy. But Dark Fantasy really just that man, just the way it starts the album, like Like I said, the, the, the storybook opening, the epic like singing of Can We Get Much Higher into the beat drop, into the fucking verses. Man, so good. Devil in a New Dress. Kanye's verses are great. The That instrumental break in the middle, which is unusual in a rap song. And then that big Ross verse. And like I said, Runaway, uh, everything about it.
0: Since you spoke a lot during the episode, you carried this episode, I want to just take a bit of time on this for me. Yeah. So... A couple of years ago, I would tell you that my least favorite songs on the album were Lost in the World, Blame Game, Hell of a Life. Five years ago, six years ago, I would tell you that. Okay. Now, that totally changed. Okay. Like my favorite, like even to all of the lights, I would say, you know what? No. Now they've become, as I understand the album more, as I grew with the album musically, those are standout tracks. With number three, I'm gonna go with Lost in the World. Yeah. Okay. Musically, that's it's yeah, amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, Musically, sure. it's fucking amazing. And now I learned stuff from the song where Justin Vernon came back and added that's super. That I find that, that that's mind blowing to me. That's cool that a guy takes your fucking your sample and makes you come back and redo it and put more to it. No? Yeah, and you great. you said, hey, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I'm going to go with number two as Dark Fantasy. Okay. Because one of the best intros in hip-hop to, a, to an album. Yeah. It's like you're opening up like a... It's like you're opening up like the gates to something and here is what's what you're going to get into.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And number one, it's what drove me into the album. You know, you, you want uh, it's not power. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Yeah, because of Raycon.
1: Yeah, I th- that's what I expected. Your number one.
0: It's always gonna be my number one, just because of the.
1: They're all, they're all, va- and, and that's the thing. Is like, even to say, like, like I didn't put "Lost in the World" in my three. It's, it's if it's not five after "Gorgeous."
0: Ten years ago, Steve, I would have told you, uh, "Don't like that song. Mm, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, uh, no, it's too poppy." Th- you, uh, you,
1: you, things change, man.
0: Fucking, this album is wonderful
1: yeah so that's our breakdown of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy it's gonna turn 10 on sunday november 22nd
0: bun fight fuck we did a video we said it's coming out <laughs> on the monday <laughs> <laughs> we started the episode
1: yeah sorry uh, about the the the
0: whatever fuck the
1: next mash of the date but um yeah i can't wait to see what um uh, I or can't wait maybe for... by the time we put this episode out articles are already going to be coming out about it having turned 10
0: I can't wait for pitchfork to re-review and give it a 10 again
1: I'm curious to see what the public says about it because now as we said he's not a very likable person anymore no unfortunately despite um despite his issues I mean it, it uh, I don't think I don't feel it's appropriate to to necessarily criticize this man anymore but He's not very likable anymore. No, he's way too outspoken. A lot of people lost interest, don't care.
0: Did he win? Is he the new president? Did he win the election?
1: I have to check. I'm not sure. I have to okay. check. But, um, it's just that type of thing that's kind of like it's too bad. And, and, and I guess to give a bit more backstory why we changed this into uh, an episode strictly on Beautiful Doctor's fantasy was. We were going through the catalog and we weren't feeling it.
0: No, absolutely not. I was liking all the things I didn't like. I was just like eh, you too. You were just saying some albums weren't sticking to you like they did. They
1: weren't at all.
0: No, and I've like this album. Yes,
1: this album. Yes, this album. Always yes. It seems, and it just felt like like I. If we were to do a Kanye uh, dissected or ranking his albums at some point,
0: I'll get a it. It couldn't
1: have been now. You it know, wasn't now,
0: not for me, no, I'm happy we did it this way. Uh, yeah, I think that puts the stamp on, on on my beautiful dark,
1: yeah, I'm good with what we said.
0: Uh, do you want to hear music from him? no, you give two shits i
1: um i I stayed away from the <laughs> Yandi leak this. which I'm interested in at some point, but it's also one of those messy things that change so many times it's like. If Kanye can return to form, and I'm not necessarily saying he needs to abandon the religious themes, I'm not a religious guy, I don't care for it. I don't want to hear preachy stuff. You don't have to, I'm not, I'm not asking you to swear or talk about or be inappropriate or, or or be the old you, but just go back to making an album that
0: make sense and not do it in a week and fucking change the six thousand. Yeah, like put out
1: a real album and and like if if you don't wanna swear, fuck it. Who cares? I don't that's not gonna make me not listen to your album because you're not swearing. No, I don't care about that. Cause he said he doesn't want to do that anymore. I just don't want to get like I I, I don't want to hear the preachy shit and I don't wanna you know what I mean?
0: One thing I'm gonna say, two things I'm gonna say. His production is still amazing because look what he did with Daytona.
1: Yeah, you also gotta give credit. The production on Jesus is King was arguably in my well arguably in my opinion doesn't make sense, but I found better than On Ye.
0: Oh yes. But I didn't hear that much of the album. Are you gonna buy it?
1: I'd like to own it because I own everything but Life of Pablo. But at the same time, it's not eating at me that I need a copy.
0: No. Just pick me one up when you go.
1: Oh yeah, at some point I'll get it. I mean.
0: Uh is this his last great piece of work? No. What is?
1: In my opinion, his last great piece of work would be Jesus.
0: Okay. Me, it's Life of Pablo, and then...
1: I think Life of Pablo is a very good piece of work. I just find it confusing.
0: <laughs> well, he's a confusing guy.
1: He's a confusing man, yeah. But but I think Jesus was the last great Kanye album. I think I've said that before. Yeah.
0: Anything else you want to add for this week?
1: I'm good. I like the episode. I like what we uh, what we said.
0: It's good to be back.
1: It's good to be back again. Sorry that we didn't uh, that we weren't able to uh, give you guys an episode last week. It kind of worked out for the best. I think we did a good job with this.
0: Yeah. Uh, Next week, we're back.
1: Yeah, we'll have an episode next week, but there's nothing on the schedule. It's gonna be one of those maybe free flowing ones.
0: Yeah, it could be five minutes, it could be twenty minutes, it could be an hour. One of those. Maybe we'll argue again.
1: There's uh, there's live there's music coming out. I said there's live music coming out. There's music coming out this uh, today. Yeah. For me, it's a War on Drugs live album called Live Drugs. Very excited about that.
0: I like taking live drugs. I'm very Uh, excited about that. They're fucking. They sound great. There's a new uh, Young Jeezy, The Recession Two.
1: Oh, so maybe we'll talk about those next
0: week. Uh, new Russ album that the Fuel Up Boys, well, Mass has been sending me fucking links.
1: Yeah, he th- told me to check it out.
0: I Maybe we could talk about that next yeah, week. Make we'll them talk about that for sure. Uh, what else? I don't know if there's anything else coming. Oh, yes. There's a new Rock Marciano, Mount uh, Marcy. Are
1: you going to buy it? Careful with the book.
0: Uh <laughs> It's actually forty bucks for the digital download on his website. What? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but that's how does that work? Forget it. Let's not get into it. But he will put it on all platforms eventually.
1: Is uh, Megan Thee Stallion putting out her album uh, tomorrow today?
0: Yeah. Ask me if I care.
1: Well, I mean, it could be interesting to talk about.
0: Yeah, we could go listen to it. There's and there's the young Jeezy versus uh, Gucci Mane that happened yesterday that we're going to need to talk about in the next episode
1: alright so we'll talk about that too
0: thank you for checking in happy birthday to uh, oh last but not least it's the 10th year anniversary I hope he has a cake who oh. Kanye West Kim always gets him a cake with the album covers on it so there's a beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy cake okay <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what type of cake he's going to get we'll see Maybe he's gonna put out something new. Okay, thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, I need to get up and my, stretch my legs. Oh, man. My legs are numb. <laughs>